Here we go with the John Curley Sherry Ellicker Show. Rick Tomlin in for Sherry. Thank you. You can write to us at mynorthwest.com, although Andrew says no one does. Or the Makosu Casino text line at one 76 All welcome. All right, get away. I'm diving in. Diving in. All right. Well, um, last time... Donald J. Trump was elected. 200 protesters were arrested. Uh, they dropped the charges on all of them. Uh, six police were injured. Stuff was set on fire. They burned up a limousine. They smashed a bunch of windows. They beat up anybody that had a Trump hat on. It was a mess. And then people screaming and yelling, resist. Ah! Famous meme of that woman screaming down there at the Capitol. <clears throat> so, piece in the Wall Street Journal today, Greg says, uh, um, they need to get some things in order because if Trump wins again, they're going to need to have the National Guard ready to be able to restore order in cities across America because, you know, with the peaceful exchange of power and, of course, democracy being on the ballot, people that have a problem with democracy will be setting things on fire and assaulting police and um, injuring individuals as well. So, this piece in the journal, did you get a chance to take a look at it? I did, and there's a lot of weeds to get into here, and a lot of this might bore listeners to an extent. Oh, that's all right. But, uh, John, looking ahead to the election in November, don't you kind of approach this uh, crucial day when we all make it out to the polls with a bit of a pit in your stomach? Um, and we can relate this to what we saw in the Michigan primary yesterday. I think that state could go by a razor-thin margin. There's going to be a lot of swing states that are very crucial to whoever wins between you know, the candidates Biden and Trump, who are the yes. leading candidates at this time. But I, I get rather worried. And this whole exploration of the Insurre- Insurrection Act, which is a collection of statutes enacted between 1792 and 1871. Right. Um, it, look, it, it, the crux of the matter is the term insurrection, rebellion, domestic violence, among others, is as yet undefined. <laughs> and a Supreme right. Court decision handed down two centuries ago leaves the act's interpretation, which is really what this is all about, an application in... The president's hands. I'm reminded of a quote, John. I came ready today, all right? Nice, I know you did. Our first vice president, our second president, John Adams, once said that our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. So what happens to a society, uh, what happens to America when honor and virtue go out of style— And in large part, it actually has in the last few decades, in my opinion. So, uh, again, we can talk about the law, the application of the law. What do words mean? Are we textualists? Is part of this a living, breathing document? Or is it just words on parchment at the end of the day? The point of the matter is, um, I think I looked upon presidents conceding that they lost an election in the past as a trivial matter, and now I look at it and I go, that was a profound act um, of a loser in a, a general election. And I, I don't know if whoever wins, whoever loses in November 2024 is going to go quietly into that good night. And mm-hmm. all bets... But rage, rage, rage against the dying of the light. Yeah, I mean... Dylan Thomas. But okay, let, go back to, let me go back to the pit in your stomach. Okay, please. So, so as you take out your black pen and fill in the little dot there right sure and you drop it in the mail 
Whee! And then you wait. You're, you're waiting. You're waiting, right? And then on this Tuesday evening coming up, whatever, I think it's the 7th or the 10th of November, whatever the date is going to be, mm-hmm. as you watch and, you know, at this point, NBC will call Pennsylvania for Donald Trump, right? And you're like, oh, boy. But and, wait, there's more votes to be counted. There's more votes to be counted, right? And then Nevada and then there's in Colorado. These are the ones that are so uh, always on the fence on this. And then he gets either Minnesota or Michigan as you do the numbers. And at this point, with 274 Electoral College votes, Donald J. Trump will... At that point, you'll hold your breath, knowing um, that it was to come, and and then and then yeah. how does your how does it how, what is the emotional change between that, or and then Joe Biden will uh, maintain the office of presidents as Pennsylvania goes, and how how do you feel about either one of those? I see the trend over the last couple of years being between the two parties. One party says to the other, I see you're crazy and I raise you. Yes. <laughs> and so we, we break norms every few months and we go, OK, that precedent has just been absolutely exploded. So I guess our party can start doing that now. And and which party is the biggest offender to date? Um, again, look, this is getting into the big picture, 30,000 foot view of this. But again, John, I think we're so fragmented as a society because every algorithm on social media or the YouTube app that you frequent or however you in, in, uh, encounter your smart tablet or touchscreen in this day and age, it centers on what you have a proclivity towards. So we're all experiencing reality differently, right? Yes. So right. if Trump wins in 2024... I think the left is going to raise hell. Do I think they're going to riot and storm the Capitol? I, I'm not yeah. so sure. But Trump wait, 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 wait. Yeah, why, wait, why? Why do you think they wouldn't? Uh, well, they haven't before. I mean, in terms of the presidential election and the aftermath of it. I mean, we didn't see broken well, windows at the Capitol and going on into the Senate chamber and the House chamber. And No, 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 no. When, when, when he was sworn in, the day that he was sworn in. Who, Trump? Trump. Okay, in 2016. Sure, I'm, I follow. So 200 people arrested that those were able to catch. The city of uh, Washington, D.C. had to write a check for $1.6 million to people because they got tear gassed and stuff. But there were riots in the streets of of, um, of Washington, D.C. There were others. They thought there would be some riots in Seattle mm-hmm. getting ready for that. But most of the shenanigans were happening there in D.C. So it and I think there'll be riots. The question is always then. Let's assume that the Supreme Court says, yes, all stands, and then that's all set. There's no other. They both go through. You're going to have those on the right think there's no way Joe Biden gets 81 million votes, right? So folks on the right will be saying that. People on the left will be saying it's fixed as well. So there will all there will be great conflict. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what institution the American people can point, can look towards to say, when, when what institution tells everybody to calm down, it's okay to calm down. There, right. there isn't any, right? Well, because it's you, John, you are the institution. No, I'm not the institution. I think you are. I no, think I'm are. living out here in Cleelum. <laughs> I am the law. I'm no, you said, you've said it before, and, and you said it very recently in the last couple of weeks. Like, hey, whatever the result is, just accept it. Let's let's be Amen. let's be human I about this. Law. You know what I mean? And, and I think people, when they hear you say that, it means something to them. But when they hear you say, "Oh, I did, there's going to be riots, no matter what happens," that like that puts everybody. No, in I do warning. believe. No, Greg, do you think there's going to be riots? 
One to oh, ten, man. ten being absolute certainty. I think so. I think that's why I have the pit in my stomach, John, because I th- there's the potential for this election to be even closer than the last one. And Trump already says he won by a record margin in the last one. So if he tightens that number at all, if January 6th was just the beginning, I shudder to think what could potentially come next. And uh, a lot of this goes back to the undermining of our institutions. I said in the first hour, we should all be institutionalists. I don't know how our institutions regain the American people's trust, but I know it's a bad thing when leaders who are most prominent in their party constantly say, don't trust either the other party or don't trust um, our intelligence agency or don't trust the vote counters. Then again, we all bets are off for but the do, future. Do and tr- that really worries me. Do you trust the institution? Generally, yes, I absolutely and John, do. John, do you? Which which institute? I mean, which ones? Right? <laughs> I mean, be if, specific. If you're gonna vote, if you're gonna if you're gonna take the time to vote on November seventh or tenth or whatever it is, you, you're basically saying I trust that this this counts, right? And we're all oh, gonna I, vote. I I think that during I think in two thousand I think in twenty twenty there. They made exceptions to the general rules, the laws, take Pennsylvania, for instance, where how ballots are counted, they sort of went outside the Constitution of Pennsylvania and they allowed them to come in later on. So they certainly made it uh, extremely easy for people with a D voting for them. I'm not saying that it was corrupted in any way. I'm just saying it was bent in a particular way to allow more votes to come in. I'm not like Donald Trump who thinks he won 60-40 or something like that. Do I trust which institution in particular? Do I trust the Supreme the, Court? The vote count, tr- the the verification of yes, votes. Yes, I'll uh, give electors. you that. Yes, let's just let's assume let's assume that there's some you know nonsense that goes on. But generally, yes, I do. Well, it's also it's the Electoral College that does the voting on the thing. But yes, I believe I do believe in that. So you get the 272, you're in. There you go. But the leader of the Republican Party says, don't trust what you see with your own eyes. Trust me. I am the ultimate arbiter of truth. And whether I get shot down in court over 60 times or not, I am saying that I won. And he's dominating in these primaries. And so, again, unless he wins outright by a rather large margin, um, he'll say he won. If he loses, he's going to say he won. And I don't think his followers, his ardent uh, most filled with fervor followers are going to backtrack from what they established on January 6th. I think that only intensifies from here. That's why I get that pit in my stomach. That's why I truly worry about what is about to unfold. And I approach this season with great trepidation. <laughs> and I think it's warranted. I, I truly do. So yes. when at the end of the Civil War, right? Here we go. And we have... Well, because no, I like this. I like this. Somebody had to sit down. So Jefferson Davis and Abraham Lincoln and the idea that, OK, you have been defeated. And Jefferson Davis gives it up and says and, and then also calls all the Southerners that were continuing to fight to lay down your arms. Generally gives a sword to Grant at Appomattox. He's not happy about it, but he does it anyway. He's not happy, but 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 at that point they say, OK, it is over. We both have suffered on both sides, mm-hmm. but it is over. And, and now we move on from here. 
as they begin to understand about how the United States moves further to the West uh, to understand where slavery will or will not be. And it, it is over. The, the fight is over. The great battle. Right. And you just read the words of the Gettysburg Address. And, and you understand how both sides suffered and the country suffered. But then we need to heal, move on. And then how the, the, the South was rebuilt and then what goes on from there. The problem with this election is how does peace, how do you derive peace and who determines that someone has gotten something over something else? If it's going to be this battle in the streets, and God forbid it is that, that, you know, people take up arms against one another. For what end? And what are you trying to gain? Are you trying to gain the power, your territory? Are you fighting for something? You're fighting for land? What are you fighting for? You're fighting for what? Truth or justice? Well, that could be determined by anybody's sort of reality. Determined by, as you mentioned at the very beginning of this discussion, what social media are you reading? Mm, right? Mm -hmm. That the average person under the age of 40 consumes 1.5 <laughs> minutes of news a day. And they get yeah. it from social media. They get it from That's TikTok. The they get it from China. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So what would we be fighting for? Mm, power. Agreed. Well, when you fight for power, it's a, that's an... Man, because you never lose the power of somebody. You're taking power from somebody, and if power is limited and, and scarcity, and you can't create more of the power, then everybody's fighting for more power from something. Uh, I don't know where you and who comes in to find the peace. Are we bringing in the National Guard to bring peace? Are we going to start shooting at one another? Are we going to have it uh, back to the, the college campuses, right, um, where the National Guard came in and shot those students in Ohio? God, I, I hope not. Well, I, I think it starts by all Americans, left, right, and center, saying this country remains the last best hope of Earth. I mean, right. just uh, Thomas Sowell would always say when, when judging a situation, you have to say compared to what? And America right, is still that shining city on a hill. But in order to maintain that, um, it's going to take an effort of people of all political stripes. Uh, though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection, John. That's all I'm yeah, saying. That's yeah. original with me. And and think globally, but act locally. <laughs> Who wrote that, Biden? <laughs> yeah, there you go. The mystic chords of memory. In no. the in the think globally, act act locally concept, like we we do have a bit of a responsibility to say, listen, yes, we still trust it as fractured as our system is, but we're gonna go into this with the you know we're, we're, you know may the best man win, and let's all act civilly when when these results are. Revealed. Here's the one thing I think we have going for us as a population. Um, the one, the one thing that unifies all of us is comfort and consumerism. I think we're far mm. too lazy to, to break yeah, out into, to, to, to like, I don't want to give up my uh, time with my 4K TV and myself, and I get to eat out a couple times a week and, and drive a nice right. car to work. And most people and, don't want to take up arms and yeah. go into the streets. No. We just want to be safe and have families and live happily. And, and you know, the loudest, but, most squeakiest wheels get the most amplification I, the, on these albums. But the exception to that is sometimes there's a pivotal moment where thousands of people gather and when you have groupthink and mob mentality take over that's when things can really get out of hand and sure. deteriorate fast because people are not thinking on a rational sane level when you get big groups of people together agreed right there was nothing rational in a chant so the assuming it is the small minorities on the far right and the far left those are the that will be where all of the the maelstrom occurs but for everybody else that doesn't necessarily care that you've got a bumper sticker that is counter to what their bumper sticker is. You're not going to see those people, you know, taking up arms against each other. Um, but it will, it'll, 
how you bring peace back and somehow stop the the fringe that that will be creating such mayhem in the streets. You know, one part of me wants Trump not to win unless Trump is able to lose and say, you know what? I lost. There's no he way. has to be the one. No he has way. to be the one to say, listen, I lost. We tried. We didn't win. Guys, stop. Which he should have done much sooner, as soon as he saw all the stuff that was happening there at the Capitol. So you got to be the bigger man on this one. We'll be all right. I think we'll be all right. Look at all you. Right. A little dose of optimism yeah. at Come the on, end. Baby. Let's do this. Look at Joe. Wow. <laughs> He's Joe go out We'll be there. fine. Whatever. We'll be good. All right, here we go. All right, Greg Tomlin, you've been following the story of the trooper that was uh, shot multiple times. I have, yeah, and the GoFundMe for him has raised more than $100,000 already, which I was very encouraged to see the community rallying around this state trooper and his family. John, you know, there's never a shortage of worthy charitable causes on some of these GoFunding sites. I mean, you could clean out your bank account real <laughs> real fast. Yeah. Uh, but I do have a soft spot, I must say, uh, for fundraisers that involve raising money for officers who've been injured or even killed in the line of duty and their families and military personnel uh, who yeah. are either KIA who have been injured because Look, these people are individuals that put their lives on the line for our freedom and security and, you know, sometimes to be able to financially support them above and beyond just what their paycheck is means a whole lot to those families. Let's say, uh, Joe, does the story that Didi's son, does that set up what happened to Trooper Ray Seberg? It does, yes. Members of Trooper Ray Seberg recall hearing about a trooper getting shot on February 16th. The first thing... um when I heard about a trooper being shot, first thing I thought was, well, thank goodness Ray doesn't work that area. So it wasn't until later that I realized it was him. Of course, it's devastating. Seberg was working DUI emphasis patrol in the Kent area when things went wrong. The suspect, now identified as 31-year-old Jason Posada, didn't stop. Investigators say he crashed into another car, then got out and ran. Seberg chased him into an apartment complex on West James Place. They ended up in a struggle, and the suspect ended up shooting Seberg at least five times. Neighbors say they have watched Seberg leaving for work to protect the community. Somebody who does their job every day, leaves home every day. Um, you know, I've watched him do that for 21 years and watched him come home every day. That Friday, Trooper Seberg didn't come home. The verified GoFundMe says Seberg suffered a severed femoral artery and that a Kent police officer and trooper arrived quickly, applying life-saving tourniquets to both of Seberg's legs. Yes, it's fortunate that, uh, you know, it wasn't... Um, something that killed him. It could have easily killed him. The trooper is still in the hospital at Harborview Medical Center, now starting the slow journey of healing. To help him and his family, that GoFundMe has quickly raised more than $100,000. Neighbors say Seberg has been supporting King and Pierce counties for two decades, and now... I'm hopeful we can be there for him now. You have to be thankful that there's somebody out there doing what they do. That verified GoFundMe says the trooper suffered nine bullet hole injuries to mostly his legs, but also one to his hand and needed emergency surgery for all of that. I did check in with Harborview Medical Center tonight, and I am told he is in satisfactory condition. In Kent, D.D. Sun, Cairo 7 News. So the man that allegedly did this shot at the troop, trooper shot. Trooper tried to shoot his gun jammed the Posada, the alleged uh, shot back at the trooper. 
hit the trooper a number of times, then took the trooper's gun, walked, started to walk away, turned around, came back, and uh, hit the trooper, I think, two more times. So who is this guy that allegedly uh, shot at this uh, trooper Seberg? Well, it turns out that um, he's now being held for $3 million bail. Well, he had been held before for some other crimes, but an organization called Northwest Community Bail stepped in and said, well, he, he shouldn't. Let's make sure we get him out and um, because, well, we, we need to make sure that he's not being held because that's not fair. So they kicked up the money, got him out, and then the alleged Mr. Posada then uh, ends up by shooting this trooper. Como News has learned through court documents that the man suspected of shooting a Washington state trooper nine times was let out of jail on bail in June by the Northwest Community Bail Fund. 31-year-old Jason Posada is currently being held in the King County Jail on $3 million bail. Como's Hannah Knowles joins us live tonight. And Hannah, this group that bails people out of jail they're very controversial, aren't they? Yeah, Eric, critics say oftentimes these bail groups, it allows for the release of repeat and sometimes even violent offenders. Now, this group that bailed him out back in June, this is the Northwest Community Bail Fund. They bailed him out after having eight uh, felonies, prior convictions, and they bailed him out after he was arrested and charged in Pierce County on a DOC, on DOC supervision. Now, Jason Posada, he was arrested in January of last year in Pierce County and charged with unlawful possession of a stolen vehicle, making a misleading statement to a public servant and obstructing a law enforcement officer. Before that, his record includes robbery and assault charges, possession of a stolen vehicle, and an arrest in Wyoming. A receipt from June 7th shows his bail posted for $10,000 from Northwest Community Bail Fund. He then violates his parole, misses a court date, and a warrant is issued for his arrest. Next, Posada is arrested on Friday after he allegedly shot the, the Washington State Trooper nine times, even stealing his duty firearm and shooting. But let's remember that the Northwest Community Bail Fund released this human being, and I use the term loosely, <laughs> on society. So in 2020, I looked up their tax returns. They got $5 million from some people that felt it was okay for people like this to be out of jail so the rest of us get a chance to really fully enjoy to the extent of their inhumanity. They got $5 million. It's down to about a million dollars. People are giving less money to them now. And the executive director is the only one that gets paid. Rebecca, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce her last name correctly, Aria, was getting paid 72000 Then she got up to about, she's making 120 some thousand dollars. Um, and they're now in arrears. They actually are taking in less money than they're spending out. So hopefully they go out of, quote, unquote, business, the Northwest Community Bail Fund. Because what happens is most of the people that they give the bail to jump and leave and don't come back. So because why should they? It's not their money. So a bunch of people, do-gooders that for some reason want to give these Northwest Community Bail Funds $5 million in 2020, it's going down every single year because maybe people start to realize maybe this isn't such a good idea. So here you have Rebecca Ira, who is mostly concerned. She's being paid $121,888 a year uh, to organize this group 
that sees people like Posada and says, yeah, you shouldn't be in jail. Um, go go free amongst the people. And then don't forget to return back because you're going to have to return back to court, which, of course, they don't return back to court. And then this trooper bears uh, the hardship and the pain and the suffering and his three children and his wife do as well because Northwest Community Bail Fund feels it's better to have a criminal on the streets than behind uh, bars waiting trial. Yeah, the evidence is manifestly clear. If you're a person contributing to a bail fund, you are subsidizing crime in your area. There's yeah. no question about it. And for further context, you brought up the history of these bail funds a little bit. They existed pre-2020, but they really came into a windfall in light of the death of George Floyd. And at that time, you even had then-Senator Kamala Harris urging people to give to these bail funds yes. to try to spring arrested protesters from jail because they're innocent. we got to get them out. Celebrities got on board with this movement. So they brought in millions and millions of dollars. Now, look, were there and are there some people behind bars who committed a petty crime just once in their life or were locked up for something they did while protesting? I can safely assume, and I'm 99% sure there's data that backs this up, that that number is incredibly small, incredibly not consequential enough to where millions of dollars are needed to bail these people out. But when the bail fund received this windfall in 2020, Uh, It's a common maxim. The appetite grows by what it feeds on, right? So you have all this money in, and they start bailing people out willy-nilly. There's a quote from this Wall Street Journal article. Regardless of whether or not it's – they don't even ask if it's violent or not. They They don't don't even look into the criminal history. Here was the criteria for some of these bail funds for how they bailed people out. Uh, First factor considered, availability of funds. So in other words, exactly what I said, if they had the money, they were willing to use it to bail people out. COVID outbreaks in jail, separation of families, ability to afford bail amount, health factors, housing or shelter bed, race, gender status. There's a few box checking criteria for you. And then I have to say this on the air, but a quote from someone who represents one of these bail funds. Um, They did not get back to this Wall Street Journal author with questions that they had, but Becky Herrera, the fund's executive director, replied that the quarries indicated a lack of understanding of the existing criminal legal system as regards bail. Uh, Don't be a copagandist. Policing is fundamentally brutal and violent. Um, It doesn't prevent or intervene on violence and was designed to control people and protect capital. Now, if that's not neo-Marxist gobbledygook, I'm not sure what is, John. Um, It's just reprehensible, disgusting. This trooper should have never been shot by this man who belongs behind bars. These bail uh, funds organizations should be ashamed of themselves. Nobody should give money to them because it's directly contributing to more crime being committed everywhere. I looked up because I wanted to see, do nonprofits need to tell you do they need to make public who their donors are? That thing got kicked around because they wanted to, in the state of Washington, I think they want, they had a bill that was trying to get it out there, that you would have to tell you the names of donors. But they were thinking, well, that was only be for political purposes, and that would silence donations if all of a sudden you would see that, you know, Mr. Smith gave to a political organization uh, that you might have a problem with, that somebody would be on the right. Um, they didn't want to make these names public. I wanted to find the people. If anybody's listening to this show, nobody's listening to this show that gave the Northwest Community Bail Fund. But I would love to know, who are these people that gave this money? And I do. will you also give money to the GoFundMe campaign for uh, Trooper Ray Seberg? 
and for his family and his 21 years of service and the pain and suffering that, that he will go through as he tries to rehabilitate from nine wounds? Will you give money to that guy? Are you more concerned about Mr. Posada and the violent history that he had demonstrated and been proven to then be released into the public? The statistics, I won't bore you with them, but you can see a combination. You can compare no bail to bail and then how often recidivism and how often violent crimes are recommitted. But for Rebecca, what's she, what did you say her last name was? Herrera. I hope she sleeps well tonight. For those of you who listen to the show, and Greg might you know this, I have... Um, I've been on a quest to get into the Guinness World Book of Records for the longest time. I've tried three times. I've failed every single time. So when I, when Jacob was hosting the show or uh, producing the show or Patrick or Bitter Brian Buckley, they, every time they'd find a Guinness World Book of Records story, they always stuck it in there just to go like, oh, here's another person. Here's somebody else. Like the one last one we were, they were tormenting me with was a guy that smashed eggs with his forehead. You remember that one, Andrew? I don't know. He's like, hundred and some eggs he just he's banging his head down on this big pile of eggs that are all lined up i thought there's um, the one where it's uh watermelons is it water something the, it might watermelons? Have been watermelons oh god the categories so are endless though right my kids watch those dude perfect guys on youtube they seem to break a new guinness record every week it's like how many lemons okay, can okay, you cut in right, a minute really great really, seems pretty easy really now john to me too. <laughs> step up your game is all i'm saying here's another person here's another record a portland local has earned bragging rights after securing the guinness world record for the largest female <laughs> tongue circumference with a tongue <laughs> circumference of 5.2 inches Ooh. uh Ew. jenny duvander now holds the new title. Apparently Jenny. her tongue is larger than a soda can. Jenny's son pushed her to submit the application for the Guinness World Records in 2024 after seeing the male winner in last year's book. That West Virginia man's tongue circumference measured at 6.3 inches. Oof. So you can get a Guinness World Record for pretty much anything. This one seems legit uh, even that, to me, though. Wait a minute, even that guy threw salt in the wound. Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Unless your name All is right. John Curley. To put in perspective for you, so the average tongue is normally 2.5 inches wide and about three inches long. Hers is five, what was it, five, two or something like that? Something like that. He said it was as yeah. big as a soda can, and I saw pictures. It it's alarming. Look, yeah, it, it, but yeah. Is, is it that big? But hasn't that always been the point of the Guinness Book of World Records? So when I was a kid, I think we had one of these Guinness Book of World Records like in our school library, oh, and we'd, we'd go yeah. with a bunch of kids and like view it in the corner, and they were awesome. It was like, guy grew the longest fingernails in the world. Oh, yeah. Those, those, yep. The yep. two fat twins. Long. Remember the two fat guys on the motorcycle? Two fat guys on the motorcycle. Yeah. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. We say yeah. thin challenged nowadays, but it, they also had like the tallest man ever. Anything biological seems mm -hmm. legit to me, but things sure. have gotten so out of hand lately, like record number of shake weight reps while watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I mean, <laughs> yes, we I have know. to draw the line somewhere. But so at least I, what I like about the story is we're getting back to the spirit of right. the true Guinness records here, which is like, oh, look at that weird tongue. Right. Right. I agree. They with always you. had the tallest guy next to the shortest guy, and the mm -hmm. shortest guy then yes. also had to put a top hat on or something, or he's holding, he's in the arms of the tall guy, or biggest ears, or whatever else it went with. This, I tried to break uh, most amount of water skiers behind one boat for one nautical mile, um, 120. The, re the record was set one. by the Australians, which was 100. Um, Put that on the jacks. epitaph. <laughs> <laughs> Have I told you about my Guinness World Record, John? 
Oh no! Really? Do you have one? Well, I participated in one, and we got we got we got in the book. Okay. Most T-shirts worn by a single human at the same time. Oh, 155, 20, 2006. I hope you're Put proud of yourself. Your book. Oh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You did you break it? Did you I have the- no. I, I shot the video that ended up going viral that got us into the book, and then we did it on David Letterman. Me and my uh, uh, the Matt McAllister, who he used to work with. We put uh-huh. the T-shirts on him. Yeah. Put that in your book. Got parodied on The Simpsons. All the accolades that come with being a no Guinness kidding. World Record holder. Okay. Yeah, oh, pretty sweet. I didn't know I was in the yeah, presence really of greatness. Oh, yeah. Wow, really yeah. happy for you. If you wow, need some tips, great. I can I can probably help you. You know, work on something. I, I know the guy at Guinness too. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's, okay. Joe Mama. <laughs>